Welcome back to another bonus episode of Transform Your Workplace. I've had I have Nicole Blevins with me. Nicole, it's great to have you back. Thanks. Glad to be back. I love being part of these bonus episodes. I feel like I'm the surprise of the podcast. I love it. <laughs> I love that you're on here regularly because you're so smart and I love talking to you. So 2023, we're halfway through it. So we're recording this like so what, July 7th. Yeah. And we've got less than six months to go in the year. And we always talk about trends that are happening every year. And I, I just want to get your sense for what are a few things that are on your radar and you think that employers should keep on their radar for the second half of 2023? So let's start with what's your first one? Yeah. Yeah. I think there's three that come to mind for me right now. But the first one is really pay transparency. That has been a really hot topic. There's been all kinds of state legislation coming out and states across the United States that are adding laws and requirements that organizations and businesses post their positions and be transparent about what the position pays. And I know that's something that like employees and just people looking for jobs have been talking about or asking for a while. It's, hey, I've got to look, read this job posting, spend my time going through the application, submitting the application, doing a phone interview, going through the process to then find out like, oh, this position actually pays less than what I make now or isn't going to be able to meet like my needs financially for me to be able to make this move or this jump in career. And so I know that's been frustrating for candidates for a really long time. And we're starting to see that become a very popular trend. I know us internally at Zenium, we now post that information. And I'm seeing more and more organizations reach out to us as business partners or at Zenium asking for support in talking through like, all right, what are the pros and cons here? Should we be adding this even though it's not yet a requirement here in Oregon because it's popping up in all kinds of states and just really having to have more of those conversations. So I think we're going to continue to have that throughout the rest of this year. And I'm definitely seeing more employers open up to that idea and really posting that and being super transparent. Yeah. And if they're not posting it, then at least in the first like phone screen, they should be talking about it. Yeah. Hey, there's, this job is in this, this range. Is that a fit yeah. for you? Or should we just not waste each other's time and move on? Yeah. Yeah. Or asking that that question of what are your salary expectations for this role in order to make this jump and this be a good move for you? What is it that that you would need to make in this role to be successful? Yeah. And then at least very early on in the conversation, right in that first phone screen or conversation that you're having, they're able to say, oh, OK, that's a bit more than what our range is for this role or that's not something we're able to meet or then it's OK, perfect. That falls within our range. We can definitely support in that way. A few things come to mind when we talk about pay transparency and because of the last couple of years with inflation, yeah, the market has drastically changed as far as what the pay is for based on the position, based on the experience, based on the location that they're working. So there's a lot of factors that go into it. So I think pay transparency helps not only from that standpoint, just to see, are we even close? And for employees who even current employees of your staff like just understanding what it takes to get to a certain point and to know that it's equitable compared to other similar positions and things like that because i think it's a lot of risk if you're not paying attention to compensation and then also being transparent about it yeah no that's a really good point outside of just for the candidates and the recruiting piece of things it's really important to like be transparent with your internal 
employees as well. And one of the things that Zenium does that I really love is we get that information, right? When there's that compensation adjustment or it's the time of year for that, you get what your increase is going to be. And you also get the range of the position. Yeah. So you can see where you fall within that range and you can feel really comfortable and confident about where you are and that the organization has done their research, looked at compensation, established a range that makes sense and that you can have an open conversation about it if you have any questions or concerns. Yeah, I love this point. I think it's I think it's definitely a, a trend to keep watching for the rest of 2023. What's your next yeah. idea? Yeah, I think the next one is really obviously we've all been working remote for a really long time now. <laughs> yes, thanks to COVID. And there's been this conversation of really taking that a step forward and looking at the concept of working from anywhere. Because many of us can do our jobs now remotely. I've, a lot more employees are asking and requesting to work remotely from not only other states throughout the United States, but also other countries even. Obviously, we're here in Oregon. We're not too far from Canada. People may be wanting to go and work temporarily from Canada while on vacation or maybe someone wanting to make a bigger move or something like that. So those conversations are popping up a lot more. And of course, clients and organizations are coming to us and are saying, what do we do? Like, we value this employee. We love this person, but we don't know, like, what our limits are. What are the requirements if we want to let someone work remotely in another state? And quite frankly, it's really complicated. It depends on the state and it depends on the country. And there's all of these considerations that we have to talk through with clients. But I think it's a hot topic. It's a definitely a trend that we're seeing, and I don't think it's going away. So it's really important to be talking about this and weighing those pros and cons of, okay, what are the tax considerations? If How long is it going to be? Is there anything on the employer side that we need to set up to allow the, this employee to be able to do this? I've, we've also seen a few times where an employee that's working remotely, they just moved to another state and you don't know about it because they're working remote and maybe you didn't ask or that just never came right. up and the employee didn't think they needed to really say anything about it because I've been mm -hmm. working remote. What's the difference yeah. of me working remote here versus working remote there? Big and, difference because every yes. state has different laws, tax, yeah. taxes specifically, but there's yeah. there are implications around like registration for an yeah. employer as well. Like we need to be now, we need to be licensed in Texas. If yep. all of a sudden I have an employee that wanted to move to Texas and, and work remotely, like that yeah. there's, there needs to be some sort of like probably process in place for that. Yeah. Workers comp too. When someone's working in another right. state, you have to make sure your workers compensation cover coverage will cover that. So there's all kinds of considerations. And I understand like from the employee perspective of, oh, I, like I, nothing has changed for me, right? Like I'm just doing the same thing. I was just in a different location, but on the back end, on the employer side, there is a lot of considerations, a lot of things to set up and talk about. And so we're definitely seeing a request more from clients of drafting really a, a firm policy and procedure to help employees understand they've got to request this and we need to have a conversation about it and figure out how we're going to support you in doing that. Because I think most employers are like intention and want to support their employees and allow them that flexibility and meet their needs. But there's a, a whole slew of things on the back end that need to be done that we just need to make sure is feasible for the business and that we can get that all ready in time. Yeah, this is a good one. I've, I've heard this so much. So I think it's a good point. Yeah. What's your last one? 
And then my last one I would say is benefits and specifically like more an employee need focus on the benefits piece of things. What I'm finding is a trend with some of my clients is we may, I have a lot of clients that would do an annual survey, let's say like at the end of the year, they do that annual employee survey. And this year I'm starting to get more requests from clients to break that out and do like a benefit, more benefits focused portion of the survey earlier in the year around this time in the summertime. And then maybe just doing their overall satisfaction, taking a pulse check, more of that kind of survey, maybe towards the end of the year. And the reason for that is if you do it at the end of the year, right, you're usually past open enrollment time. You're past all of that time when you're making benefits decisions. And so you don't always have that data to inform those decisions. And you could maybe use that end of year data for the next year. But by that point, it could be outdated. More and more employers are wanting that information. So when they're coming into open enrollment, they've got data to really make decisions on what their employees are looking for, what's going to best support their needs. And then also the survey piece is really like asking them, right? Like you, we can sit here and make all kinds of assumptions about, oh, they want more, higher tuition reimbursement or they want more PTO or these are the things that they want. But if we don't ask them, we're not going to know. And, and the makeup of your employee is going to be different from organization to organization. And so what your workforce might have looked like last year or even the year before that and what their needs and desires were might be very different from what they are now. So, so yeah, I think just really having that more employee focused approach of asking employees what they're looking for, what they're needing, definitely hearing more employees asking for, I can't think of the the name right now, student loan reimbursement type of things, because that's a pain point for certain people entering the workforce right now, depending on the makeup of your employee, that might be a benefit to consider rather than just ingesting your holidays or PTOs or other things that maybe not make as much of an impact to the people that you're supporting. I don't know if you've heard of any cool benefits on your end, but. I have heard of a ton. I I run the back end of our beyond compensation survey that we run a couple every other year. And it's really interesting to see the things that come through because there's, I think we've shifted from a one size fits all benefits package that most employers offer. It's the 401k retirement plan. It's medical benefits, maybe some life insurance and that's pretty much it. And now they're like offering all these extra perks that are really unique to individuals. And it's where it gets tricky because it's not one size fits all. Not everybody has student loans. Yeah. Not everybody needs tuition reimbursement. And so then there's a fairness equity factor as well. And I think that's just something to pay attention to. But I think you're right. Starting with asking people what they want is the yep. most important first step because then it's a conversation at that point. Right. It's okay, here's what people are saying. Let's see, are there trends, are there themes? And then maybe we can apply certain offerings across the company, knowing that not everybody's going to take it, but maybe there's another offering that will somebody else would take. I've also heard of people doing many of benefits that they can select yep. from to stick to a certain budget. I think there's a lot of opportunity there. For sure. And I saw on a LinkedIn post recently. I don't remember the name of the organization, but they talked about that menu of benefits or this thing that they offer in their organization where it's just like this wellness benefit where employees get like a budget, like this is however much. These are the different things you can choose from on like this menu of wellness benefits, whether that's a gym membership, a massage wellness day kind of thing, or 
house cleaning support or services, like all kinds awesome. of things. Nice. And people, I'm like, that's super cool. I, I would, <laughs> I would too. Yeah. And, but allowing people to choose too is really cool. Like this concept of here's all the different things you can use. You can pick one or two, or here's the budget that can be applied per person on there so that you're being fair right across the board and providing people that same options or budget of what they can use that for, but they get to use it how it best fits into their life or their needs and what works best for that person. I thought that was a really cool concept. And I feel like that's something that's going to become more popular over later this year as we move through time here as well. These are three things that you highlighted for the second half of 2023. So I think those are great. What encouragement or advice do you have for employers who want to stay ahead of where the trends are going as far as like the HR strategies? Like where do you get your information from? What are you what are you paying attention yeah. to to help keep you in touch with the the changes? Yeah, I can do a little shameless Zenium plug here of like obviously work Zenium, we can talk yeah. through all of that with you and keep you up to speed. But me personally, um as I've probably said many other times on this podcast and to you, I'm a giant HR nerd. So what I do and where I get my information is really from following articles and Harvard Business Review, Sherm, all kinds of resources I can on articles, following law firms to get like their legal and compliance updates, yeah. things like that. And just like networking, different HR networking opportunities where we're getting updates on things like this, we're being able to have these really deep conversations about the trends we're seeing and really learning from one another. So that's what I do to, to stay up to date. Reading books, of course, too. Yeah, there's so many resources out there. And I think the first step is just really being committed to learn more about that, to be able to support your employees in the best way and find out what are things that we need to watch out for so that we're staying ahead of that as a business. Nicole, thanks for coming on the podcast. I appreciate you. Absolutely. It was fun. I hope we talk again soon. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed are the guest's own and do not represent the views, thoughts, and opinions of Zenium HR or the host, Brandon Laws. The material and information presented on Transform Your Workplaces for general information and educational purposes only. Zenium HR or the host, Brandon Laws, does not necessarily endorse any guest, their business, or any organization they represent. Discretion is advised. Please work with a trusted advisor to find a custom approach that fits your organization's needs.